0: Welcome to the Veloce podcast, fast and fluid conversation with Kat Empey and Richard Bott.
1: Hello and welcome to the Veloce podcast. So it's Cat and Rich again, and it's episode 30. Um, it is. Can't believe we've done 30 podcasts. No.
0: Yeah, it's just nuts, isn't it? I 30. Know. So it's more than that, though, because we've done a few specials and things yeah, as well, haven't we? We so have, yeah. So I
1: don't know how that's it's more than
0: 30 than that happened. Weeks. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> it's Three. gone so quickly, hasn't it? Yeah, it has. Um, So as always, we'll talk about what we've been up to this week first. A little chat about that. Yeah. Boring yeah. Peter Tears. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so uh, anyway, yes. Yeah, so we've so not been
0: far, though, have we, this week?
1: No, it's. not really left Cheshire, it's, have we? It's been. An unusual week, and the fact that normally we're living out bags, travelling around here, there, and everywhere. So we've been working very much on Veloci driving at home, haven't we? Yeah. Which has been quite nice because I've had family up as well. Um, not that it's been very exciting for them, admittedly, but um, it has been nice just to to have some time at home with the dogs and be able to work at home, really, hasn't it? So yeah. But we have been busy.
0: Yeah, so we've been rejigging the website a little bit because we've, yeah. Uh, as we, yeah, as we've mentioned before. We're working closely with Speedworks, aren't we? The yeah. British touring car team, British GT team, um, with their simulators. They've got a full singing, dancing professional yeah. sim in a in a dark so, room and everything like that. So we've been redigging our simulator website to reflect yeah, that. Yeah, so we'll way. still
1: be selling simulators, but um, for us, our priority and our joy is it's not so much being a salesperson is it as being a coach and (laughs) talking about the driving and that side of it so um yeah so we really want to work closely with speedworks um and if anybody who's heard of iZone to be the northern version of that and it's not to compete really with them but for anybody because iZone did
0: amazing amazing stuff and i
1: i've um known john pratt for a long time and he's been great with me gosh when i was 17 i went to his house and he was going to manage me and all sorts and he so he works very closely with andy priu um yeah so it's certainly not that um it's just for anybody further north really isn't it to not have to go to silverstone also speedworks being such a cool place anyway because it's actually based at the race team and then being a works team and things it's just it's a nice place to be if you like your cars driving motorsport whether you're into just sim racing or you're trying to perfect on on track, whatever it might be, or even you just want the experience of doing something like that. Um, That's kind of what we want to make it, isn't it, really? So we've been working pretty hard on that. that. Also, well, fingers crossed, hopefully we're not going to go into another lockdown, but um, (laughs) we've been working on a tour. So we're going to have four tours next year, uh, but we're just rejigging those a little bit. Um, But we've actually got a tour this November, haven't we?
0: We have all things, you know, being equal then yes yeah. we should have a tour of sort of early November yeah. which is a short little tour in France which is going to be a mix of sort of great driving roads, bit of coaching, uh, we've got an exclusive track session yeah. uh, at magny Core, sadly not on the full Grand Prix track Um we'll, we might be able to get onto that next year but yeah. they've got a pretty cool club circuit there and the funny thing with it is it's probably a bit like Brands and Silverstone where um, Brands Hatch indie circuit is a fabulous circuit and you can you could easily get it in the paddock at silverstone yeah, yeah. <laughs> so there's something you know <laughs>
1: i prefer the indie circuit to the grand prix track yeah yeah me Personally. too i like the indie circuit so, um, and it's a bit like donington i prefer the national circuit to the gp circuit so yeah. not always is it a lot no. <laughs> is it no. you know having some of it not all of it, it depends obviously silverstone is a bit different
0: so um, know, yeah but... so we've got a morning on the club circuit at Corps. Yeah. just just we'll be, there'll be no more than 10 cars if you 10 cars out yeah but then there's loads of cultural stuff we've got in there like yeah. wine tasting and some really cool so we're going to the palace of Versailles and get bits of the palace of Versailles that you can't get in we've got a private chef in there yeah so it's gonna be a really cool little trip absolutely. only three or four days absolutely
1: but, well, so um fingers crossed we've got, we've got, got people <laughs> booked but if you're interested um not that we want to sell on that yeah it's podcast, not a sales page it's just me that's you what know, we're do you know if you are yeah. interested then feel free obviously to get in touch on that but yes, yeah. yeah, so we've so been working hard on that um this weekend I'm off um, to Anglesey <laughs> the joys of Anglesey. Yeah. And um, so I'm a judge on Formula Women which we mentioned in last week's uh podcast and uh yeah I'm heading off tomorrow. Tomorrow is sort of set up day um and meeting and just going to really go through how we're going to judge the girls and then and then it all kicks off. So on the When you think about Sunday, Anglesey it's,
0: it's, it's probably got the best it's probably the best located race circuit.
1: Yeah, because it's right next to the sea. <laughs> yeah, the sea. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, I don't know about that, but I wouldn't go that mare, far. Yeah. But yeah. you know, yeah, view across um, and all that. you? Slightly kind of big enough. Have I sold it? Yeah, I yeah. think so. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> um But it's no. All right, so though. Sorry. So uh gonna do two days um assessing the first group of, of girls. So uh there'll be 50 in the morning and fifty in the afternoon doing various activities. Um I can't say loads about it yet because it's all being televised. Um but yeah, uh, I'll be a judge on on there. So um yeah, it's gonna be good fun hopefully. Um I'm not allowed to say too much, which is going to be hard for me. <laughs> so uh, I've got to keep fairly stern and uh, yeah, not say give too much feedback, which is going to be hard for me because as a coach, you know, I naturally want to coach, instruct, and, and and develop people. So it's going to be really, really hard. Um, being yeah, a, a bit more reserved, let's say, uh, and a little bit colder <laughs> than I would normally be. But yeah. but hey, uh, I'm really looking forward to it. I actually did it, gosh, when I was 17 with the original one. So um it's funny, all these years later now, I'm 34 um, and doing it again, but we've got McLaren involved. It's got a big thing. So uh, yeah, dead, dead excited about that. Um So yeah, I'll, I'll update you on, on that in next week's episode. Well, Wait, I, as much I... as I can anyway, what yeah, I can yeah. say. So I won't be able to really mention too much but what i can say so we move on to road cars then now yeah. we, we often talk a lot don't we about sports cars supercars yeah, and ferraris things. and lambos uh, and, and and hey hope anybody who loves their cars naturally is going to um i guess you know naturally be pulled towards those things yeah towards those sort of cars but for most people um, and i know for some of our regular listeners the same as us we can't afford those cars yet <laughs> so um we wanted to talk about the affordable
0: drivers cars yeah. out there didn't and we? The, really? yes and you remember we, a few weeks ago we talked about focus st um the civic type r didn't we and yeah. got the new golf r things like that and yeah. um, so those kind of cars which are Drivers cars, they've got. A, they can't just be pure focused drivers cars because people have got. Yeah, you know, they're, 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 they're they're people's daily drivers, aren't they? Yeah. Um, and it's amazing with some of these companies that they, they go to the to extraordinary lengths to make their their little sort of everyday cars brilliant little driving cars. Oh yeah, absolutely. And for me, the the the, the biggest champion of that really over the years is Ford. Mm. You know, Ford. So, like this, if you get a bog standard Ford Focus, the most basic one of the range, you'll love driving it. And Ford have had, the, they've been doing it for years, really, since the first Mondeo came out. Um, mm. And it all goes back to Jackie Stewart. So Jackie Stewart, when he came out of F1, became a consultant to Ford. Mm. And what he did was he trained a lot of their senior chassis engineers in in how to make a car behave. Mm. Um, and he, Jackie Stewart has this thing about, you know, it's something you can't put your finger on. It's just something about the car that just makes you think this is nice this car yeah and it's not something you can think it's this you know you just you drive driving you think this feels great yeah so a lot of that that Various dna elements isn't it,
1: I absolutely
0: suppose. so so going through with with ford so what what, what we're alluding to or what we're getting to is that they've they've just facelifted the fiesta yes so they've announced um this this week the new fiesta st mm, and absolutely. the st's been around for a while now but it's always been a cracking little car isn't it? oh yeah
1: it? absolutely and you know, it starts at what, just over 16,000, 16, whereas like my Golf R <laughs> is what, 30? thats Probably 40 now for yeah,
0: a new Golf R. Yeah, I was going to say
1: it's late 30s to 40s, yeah. you know, um, so massive difference. Now, I know it's not quite as quick, but it's not all about speed, and certainly on the road, you can't really utilise the speed. So it's more about the driving elements, isn't it? Does it make you smile? Does it handle well? Does it sound good? Does yeah. it look good? You know, it's all that kind of stuff. The feel, the feedback of the car, which is important on the road, as well as, of course, the usability of the car. And I think that's where Ford have had a lot of success, haven't they, of being able to produce that, but also keep the price down because cars are going up and up and up all the time. Okay, it's getting more accessible for people with PCP, finance, that kind of thing, compared to the past. Um, but the thing is, it's great to be able to keep keep the prices down, whatever, it whether is. it's financed or not. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I mean, this we've... is what half the price of a, a Yaris GR,
0: yeah, because you know, we've talked a lot about the Yaris GR, haven't we? yeah a cracking car, it's a cracking little car, and not this is four wheel drive is probably the biggest difference, but yeah. it's a 1.5 three cylinder you know about 200 horsepower that's exactly what this fiesta is yeah but it's 16 grand exactly so Um, yeah this is 1.5 liter
1: three cylinder isn't it yeah Yeah. and all the
0: journalists say you know it's one of the best fun cars you can buy at any price yeah you yeah. know, um, it's um, manual. It's yeah, exactly. buzzy. It makes a great sound because it's yeah. three so It sounds like a little Lamborghini. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And <laughs> you know, that's
1: oh, the that's a I Noise think, it makes. Um, I, I, anybody who knows me knows how much I love my my Golf R 7.5. And um, there's not many things I would swap for it unless I had, let's say, more money. But if I was going to change right now, it probably would be to the fiesta st ultimately for me because i would want something that's a driver's car but i wouldn't want to go up in price right now no. um you know because the next level you're talking really from let's say the golf is things that are a bit more like um i don't know like a box to came and yeah or, or um, even stuff like uh, BMW rs3 M2, audi yeah that kind know, of stuff. that kind of grand yeah area and which is obviously a bit of a leap again um um, probably less practical to be honest. Um, so yeah, so for, for me I think this if you love your driving um, and you want something that's fun but still usable and it isn't gonna break the bank then this is the car to have isn't yeah. it really.
0: And you could use it every day you know it'll, it'll be fine on the motorway you get your shopping in it you're still yes. a Fiesta. Exactly you
1: know? and anybody who doesn't know their cars really won't know what they're looking at it's just a Ford which is what I kind of like it's the same with the mm. Golf you know unless you know your cars Just a golf, yeah, and I kind of like that about these sort of cars, as they can be also understated to a point as well, yeah. Um, so yeah, so certainly check that out. Um, you know, for anybody who's looking to, you know, potentially buy a new car but doesn't want to break the bank but have something a bit fun, whether it's for the road or or track, then this is a a great opportunity, isn't it, to have a car like this, yeah. So the other thing is we're talking a lot about EV, obviously the industry is changing a lot um, and we're going into a new era, aren't we, with with a lot of cars turning to EV. We've obviously discussed that we hope it won't all be EV because we've mentioned with Porsche and Formula One merging to do this fully synthetic fuel, Mm. uh, which will hopefully mean we can compete. Uh, still have the combustion engine let's say um, so we've been looking at what's coming up which isn't going to be a full EV car so there's quite a few things coming out that yeah, are quite exciting because is. mild there? hybrid
0: seems to be a buzzword doesn't yeah. it so there's a bit of hybrid in, and you can get that on the new Fiesta straight enough not the ST yeah. um, but the first thing obviously that, 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 that's being talked about at the moment is that um, Chevrolet developing the new Z06 Z06 as the Americans yeah. call the new so yeah, basically the, the, the GT3 version of the Corvette
1: Yeah. Absolutely. So um I've one. already kind of seen that um but not not uh, I've have seen it in the flesh but all we'll stick it up if you if you know what I mean. So um yeah, so that's coming out and I think that's gonna be a cracking car. I've always, always wanted a Corvette. Um and for me I think um yeah, I, I just think this is gonna be quite an exciting car that's coming out. So these are all, you know, some are coming out sooner than others, um, but we just wanted to mention them. Because we'll gradually, um, you know, feature them, and also we're talking to these manufacturers of hopefully driving them as well and adding that onto our channel. Yeah, so, so you, you can guys see these can see what yeah. we review as well at the same time. So uh, Corvette, for me, being one of those, <laughs> yeah, because yeah. I've always been a bit of a a muscle car fan, haven't yeah. I, to say the least? Um, and I just think. For me I've mentioned it before but when I first went to Le Mans I remember these two yellow Corvettes 24 hours stuck together and this rumble you could feel it underneath your feet as, as they went past each time and I just thought those are such cool cars Um yeah and for, for me they will always hold a special place in my heart so mm. I'm really excited about that but we've also got the new BMW M2 haven't yeah. we coming out? So
0: the current M2 is not one of those cars it's a real cult car you know that yeah. car-y people Love the M2, don't they? Yeah, Chris Harris has one. I know. I kind of, yeah, you know, What well, Chris Harris has got one, then that'll be no, me. I looked, didn't I? Look <laughs> um, yeah, you did, yeah. Well, yeah. before yeah. the
1: pandemic and everything, um, I was looking, you know, if I was to change the golf and things, um, at that. So, yeah, so so the new one, um, so I don't know when that launches. Yeah, I new think... two
0: series is out, isn't it? But yeah, not the so M2 it's version
1: Obviously, of like most things, as a cycle, isn't there? And the M2 will come out a bit later on. Um, so again, that's a there's been sightings of it all stickered up and obviously being tested at the moment. Um, so yeah, it be very exciting to to see. The next car I'm going to announce isn't so much my sort of car, but it no. is yours,
0: yeah, isn't it? Yeah, Well, it, I think it's a great car, you know, and again, it's it's one that gets raved about. And we, we touched on this a couple of weeks ago that, that at the moment they're selling at a premium because yeah. you can't get them, <laughs> yeah. which is the Civic Type R, because the new Civic coming out yeah. The only thing with the Civic Type R, and again, I have the same thing with the Yaris GR, is that, that you'd have to get past the way it looks a little bit. Yeah,
1: I have Once to you do say, that, it's mega. I think the Civic Type R looks better than the the Yaris. Yeah, GR, yeah. I got to be honest. Yeah, the um, Yaris I always
0: think looks a bit awkward.
1: Yeah, um, but I I think that's not how they wanted it to be, but to keep it practical, didn't they? They mm. had to draw a line somewhere. Um, with the Yaris, in fairness um otherwise it would have just looked like a rally car <laughs> but wouldn't have been very practical at all so it's no. a juggling act isn't it that's yeah for sure. it is yeah, yeah um but yeah the, the civic type R for me um yeah it's it's certainly a, a true driver's car Um uh, i just personally feel for me personally it's a bit boy racer looking but yeah. hey it's each to their own and it there's is. one um, right by us isn't there somebody owns one and to be fair it's red it, it looks actually really quite good um
0: but again it goes back to what we said before i love the fact that honda thought right we're going to make this the best gearbox you can buy yeah you know and stuff like that you think well yeah you know hats off to these car companies for doing that
1: absolutely you know? so it'd be really nice to try the new one because I, if i go back many many years to when i was again 17 18 the type r back then i wasn't a fan of it at all no but it's got so much better so so much better car um really over the time so it'll be interesting to see when the new one comes out much of a leap from the current one because everybody says how great this one is mm. um so it'll be interesting to see what gains they can make um a bit like with porsche and things you think oh, it won't improve again and quite often it does so it'll be interesting to see where they they can make some improvements because like you said the gearbox is known to be the best you know manual gearbox on the market at the moment yeah um you know it's a, a very very good all-round driver's car just for me and it is just one thing I just personally find the looks yeah, a bit
0: bit of a challenge. I
1: think I'd be sworn at a lot driving along. <laughs> <laughs> That's my problem. Yeah. Um. And then we've got the Porsche nine eleven hybrid. Mainly because we
0: we can't have a podcast without getting the word Porsche in at some point. Yeah. Obviously.
1: <laughs> now, to be fair, they've not um held back by admitting that they've left room for um electric. Yeah. They said that know. with the
0: nine nine one, didn't
1: they? Yeah. So the car's got you know, longer and they've left room, you know, for a battery. So they've certainly not hidden this. This, ha- this. this is no secret, is it? But they have started testing the Porsche 911 hybrid. So there has been snaps of that. Um, so there's now talks of that obviously getting closer now. Um, people said it'll be in the next couple of years, but I actually think it's probably going to be sooner than that that we'll see a hybrid 911. So and
0: it's Porsche. We'll, um, it'll be great.
1: Yeah, oh, it will be. And uh, to be honest, I think hybrids are mega. Um it's more for manufacturers that I'm surprised they're doing it because it must be more costly to have both things: a combustion engine and uh, a battery. You know, mm. it must cost more to manufacture, engineer, all that kind of stuff. So for me, I'm surprised that they want to do that because you'd think they'd just go full electric or have your combustion. But I think it's because they know a lot of people still want a combustion engine. So yeah. so it's a way of of still you know well, for me it makes void. the most
0: sense is having both of those things oh know.
1: absolutely absolutely but i'm just talking from a, a manufacturer's perspective it must cost a lot more to manufacture all of this you know having yeah. two technologies together but yeah so excited to try that actually um obviously we're both massive fans of our 11s um and always have been and um yeah it'll be really interesting to see what what it's like as a hybrid um, yeah because it yeah. it's um know when i started at porsche i never imagined ever that there'd be a hybrid 911 so um yeah so it's quite intriguing really isn't it
0: be curious to see that yeah yeah yeah. so
1: we move on to driving so of course always our our next topic is driving so giving some hints tips that kind of thing now we've done a lot of um you know talking and breaking down certain elements haven't we So we've tried to merge that together a bit so we've decided to do the main phases of any corner so i mean people could argue there can be more there can be less depending how you want to do it but we have focused on six main phases haven't we yes um now this can be for track or road so we'll start with track now there isn't much of a difference between track or road like we said many many times the car doesn't know where it is so most of this will be the same there's just the odd difference towards the end of the corner on on road that you'd focus on to track yeah we'll, we'll go through that so yeah so
0: Yeah, so a lot of this, again, is about, as we talked about before, is is managing uh, the forces and the dynamics and things and blending everything together so it all works. So, of course, as we say, we, we talk a lot about the car wants to be in a dead straight line as long as it can, what we know as a flat car, so no cornering load in it. So the difficult things to do at that point, obviously braking accelerating gear changing you all want to do while the car's nice and stable in a straight line Mm -hmm. so first one is braking and downshifting isn't it
1: absolutely absolutely so it's very important to to get this right now of course it's getting easier i suppose in some ways because not everybody has to worry about a manual now of course it was harder um, you know with a manual gearbox you're choosing when to downshift whereas now with autos you can either let it happen or even if you put it into manual mode most of them have like a safety mode don't they so you can't over rev it yeah. that kind of thing um but yeah so braking and downshifting um now of course it does vary on on your speed doesn't it yeah it
0: depends what sort of corner it is and you know you'll brake harder for a hairpin than you would for a Fifth gear corner, for
1: yeah, example. But the main thing is making sure that the the firm stage, when you're scrubbing off the speed, is happening in a straight line, and the gear shift happens, you know, after you've started to scrub some of that speed off,
0: really. Yeah, because the common mistake people make straight, is the brake and change down, don't they? And yeah. of course, that's you risk over revenue if you're in a manual car. So yeah. brake and get the, get the weight coming off first
1: yeah um, and, and speed coming off absolutely yeah. and and then and then go for so you can still get engine braking it's just you're not running the risk of ramming it down the box no. too early and and potentially over it like i said with actually autos in manual mode uh, most of these cars have a safety feature, so it won't change down. If, yeah. if 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 you try and change too early, it literally just won't do it for you. No. Um,
0: so and the thing is, that, that car,
1: makes it
0: a bit easier. Car because of the laws of motion, cars lose most of their speed towards the end of the braking zone. So if you're if you're doing 100 miles an hour and you hit the brakes, actually not a massive amount happens. If you think if you've got stuff on the seat and you're on your way back from the shop. And you had to brake hard. Your stuff only falls off the seat at the end because <laughs> yeah. the brakes have more and more effects as the car slows down. So, you've got to brake, Let the brakes start to take effect before you think about doing your downshift.
1: Uh, absolutely. So, so that's the first thing. Now, we're obviously, we're going through this in a very kind of short, sweet way. We're going to do more of this. Um, on the channel uh, but we're also going to do more of this on social media as well so um this is just an overview let's say but we will break this down into a bit more detail do some demonstrations that kind of thing too yeah, yeah. um but just for now so the next bit which i always go on about <laughs> is yeah. trail breaking yeah so for anybody who's a regular listener will probably know what trail breaking is now um but perhaps potentially not everybody will so trail breaking is in simple. Simple terms is not leaping off the brakes. Um, yes. It's simply uh, once you have scrubbed your speed, don't leap off the brakes, you trail or bleed or blend, however you want to think of it. Come off the brakes slowly as you're turning into the corner. So, so there's a, there is slight an overlap. Overlap. Yeah, a slight overlap. Yeah, slight overlap. Absolutely. Um, and that's mainly to do with weights. Um, so setting the car up for the corner. So if you think, if you have water in the cabin and you brake hard, that water pitches to the nose. If you release the brakes very quickly, that water pitches back. But of course, when you're turning in, suddenly the front's very light and it will struggle to turn, which can induce understeer. So, if anybody says, Oh, my car understeers a lot, quite often it's down to technique um, and requ- normally requires more trail braking, so coming off the brakes slower. Uh, for longer as you're turning into the corner so there is an overlap and that confuses people because people think well hang on i was told to break in a straight line absolutely for your firm stage of braking and you're already starting to release the brakes a little bit before you turn it's just you're not leaping off the brakes you continue to blend the brake off as you turn until you think yep the front's settled i know if i come off the brake now it's not going to push wide it feels secure then you can come off the brake fully so because how how much you trail the brakes will depend on how tight the corner is so in theory a tighter corner the front is working harder so you would come off the brakes um, more slowly let's say so it will be like there's more resistance there and um, so you come off the brakes much slower to keep more weight on the front because the front is working harder effectively uh-huh. a more shallow corner then you still don't want to ever leap off the brake but you may come off the brakes quicker um overall so you've got a more neutral car going into the corner because the front might not need to work as hard um but again we've we've done a little bit on trail braking on the channel but we're going to go through these six phases and do a video on that anyway track and road um so you get to see the the differences so if anything doesn't make any sense uh certainly hopefully it will do uh when you get to actually see it happening for real let's say then the next
0: stage is pedal transition. So we talk about this, that's moving your foot simply, if you're right foot braking, from the brake to the throttle pedal. Now, well, that's that's obvious, but quite often what what you'll find is that people then immediately give it far too much throttle. And of course that does the opposite effect. It's like doing a wheelie. It suddenly pitches the weight back and upsets the balance and all that kind of thing. So how you move and then pick the throttle up so you don't jump on it is really quite important because what you're looking to do pedal transition, the next bit then is a balanced throttle. So you're trying to ju- ma- not make the car jump and apply just enough throttle to hold the car and suspend the animation. And so people
1: you... find that hard, don't they? Sorry, they do, do yeah, they do. yeah, People yeah. do find that really, really hard. As soon as they've come off of, um, off of the brake, they do that transition to the gas. Quite often people want to accelerate. Um, but actually sometimes you can have a static balance throttle so it could be that the car is set up, it's right on its load limit and you have to just maintain it, you don't need to change anything at that point in the corner and that's something certainly when people are learning find very very hard because they want to then think I'm on the gas now, I need to accelerate well that all depends on the corner you might not have the opportunity to accelerate at that point because it's going to push you wide or cause it to snap out oversteer at the back. Yes. Um so yeah. So, I
0: mean if you keep it in mind that you cannot accelerate until you start opening up the steering. Yeah. I mean you can, but if you're thinking in your head no I can't. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know you, you you've got to keep a balance throttle until you get to the point where you start to open out the steering and phase 4 then is increasing the throttle. And they those two things work together you never ever want to do anything else. So as you start to open out the steering you feed the throttle in at the same rate absolutely. so you don't think right moment, now i will floor it yeah you've got the two have got to work together and if you watch the italian grand prix which we'll talk about in a minute coming out of turn one it's amazing how long it takes the drivers to actually start picking the throttle up you watch them on board teams forever because yeah. they've, they've got to wait until the thing's finish changing direction before they pick the throttle up Absolutely, because then they've got a thousand horsepower so they've got to feed it in
1: yeah absolutely and exactly that is just trying to make the front and back work in time together Whereas, of course, if if the front and back are fighting each other, um, then you're going to lose traction. Whether it be understeering the front, ploughing forwards, or oversteer where the back breaks away. Um, So yeah, so it's it's almost having discipline and patience to allow the car to turn, rotate before you actually start. You do have to be patient,
0: don't you? Oh yeah,
1: especially with either long corners, um, like for example. what is it, Luff, Luffields at um, Silverstone, yeah, which is yeah. um, just before Whoop, the right. old, old uh, pit straight. Um Yeah, it goes on forever. So it's very frustrating because you want to go, but you almost can't. You just have to wait. It's <laughs> as simple yes. as that. Um, hairpins again, having patience, let it rotate, then pick up the power. Um, we spoke about exits last week, didn't we? So it yeah. all relates to that then doesn't it really yeah. trying to get your exit as straight as possible to get the power down when it comes to track Absolutely and, and
0: the things you can do to manipulate the car to get to open out the steering more quickly which we'll go into another time but uh, it's the same principles you know you've got to be patient and wait till you're opening out the steering.
1: Absolutely so if we move it to road I mean the first the elements. F- the yeah, first
0: ones are the same aren't same. they?
1: yeah. so if we just say braking and downshifting, trail braking, pedal transition, balance throttle to that point it's all identical you yes. might not be coming up to the corner as fast and you may not be braking as, as, as hard and you might not need as much engine braking um, but still the it, it, fundamentally it's still the same you're just doing everything at a more gentle slower rate yes that's all
0: you're probably going to spend more time so things like braking and, and all that kind of stuff on the road, quite often, we'll just be done with the throttle rather mm. than actually pressing the brake pedal. You know, it's all what we call acceleration sensor, just monitor, you know, you come to a corner, you ease off, let the engine braking, slow the car down, all that kind of stuff. But it's the same principles. Absolutely. And, and you spend more time in a balanced throttle, don't you, on the road, because quite often long corners. and The, the biggest difference are phrases five and six, aren't they?
1: Absolutely. So uh, increasing throttle. So the difference is, obviously, on track, which it's all about trying to get a flat car, straight exit, quick exit. Um, you know extend your straights all that kind of thing of course the road isn't the same gain is it no so you're trying to match the speed with the vision available ultimately aren't you
0: yeah so you, rule, highway code says rule 126 you mm-hmm. should always be able to stop in the distance you can see to be clear yes and um, so that's what matching speed with vision means you've got to be able to stop in the distance you can see it. and that that's you kind of so safety is your number one
1: exactly that's thing where, really where it's different out. yeah because you might know the road like the back of your hand but you still don't know what's around the corner. Um, It's a constant changing environment. And if anything, on the road, you have more to think about and take in. Much more complex. Uh, Yeah, exactly, compared to a track. A track is actually a far more controlled environment. Yeah, it's
0: much easier, Um, really.
1: And yeah, much easier. There's less to think about. So it's almost the opposite of what people think initially when they first begin with track work. They think everything's frantic and much harder, when actually there's less to think about, really, isn't there, in some respects. So on on the
0: the road, so you're increasing throttle, same thing as you open the steering out but with the vision as part, as a big part of it and, then and you're not going to full throttle are <laughs> you absolutely so it's
1: up to the desired speed of course it depends on the the speed limit of that road all of that and obviously you still need to make sure you can keep on your side of the road on the exit as well. So not picking up the throttle too quick, that's going to push you onto the other side of the road. So yeah, of course, speed limits are one thing that you have to be aware of, but also exiting on your side of the road, which we did mention last week as well. So that's kind of a very brief overview of the six phases of cornering. Like I said, you could break it down more like, you could have 10, you could have 12, depends how much really, how much detail you want. But overall, you want to keep it fairly simple um to start with so six phases is easier to work with isn't it yes um and those are your kind of main fundamental things the only thing we've not mentioned there really apart from a little bit towards the end is vision so one big thing that could make it seven is vision at the yeah, start where, of where both of those yeah. Yeah. yeah but um we've, we've done a whole thing on vision so hopefully by now people are a bit more aware of that. So we're gonna move on to motorsport. Now something I'm really quite excited about is um Schumacher's just got a new documentary that's uh come out on Netflix. Yes yeah, it? came
0: out on the fifteenth, yeah. 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 So
1: um his debut was at Spa thirty years ago this year. So um really uh excited to watch that we've been holding off because we've been a bit busy haven't we we want to watch it together yeah, we haven't watched so, it so we've been holding off so um some of you guys and girls may have already started watching it um but um yeah for me i have to admit um, i was always a Damon fan and um, uh, was never a schumacher fan in in some respects but then um admired him a lot for his work ethic the way he was off the track with the team um the way he changed the sport really with so many things you know um i know we have people like at center with fitness and things before that but the way schumacher made his team really be all around him and having to stay late at night with them make cups of tea all sorts of stuff that i think you know a lot of drivers hadn't done before and he he really sort of knew how to gonna sound awful but play the game to get the best out of everybody yeah people who including with him, himself
0: yeah you find that anybody that worked with him won't have a bad word said about it yes you
1: know? absolutely Definitely if
0: you're in another car oh well, yeah if you were a job, competitor you know? yeah
1: it'd be ruthless as hell but i think the very best are i don't think um that that will ever change because i think you need that in you to be the best yes ultimately you so, can be too nice can't you Yes. Yeah. so,
0: so, we'll so, so you um
1: Talking about being too nice, um, so Italian GP, we've had the return of Danny Ricciardo. Yeah, Danny
0: Ricciardo showed up.
1: Yeah, and I'm so relieved because I'm a massive fan of Danny Rick. Um Watching him up through the ranks, he was so dominant and such a great driver. Obviously, was very worthy of the seat in Formula 1. He was unbelievably close to well, Max Verstappen, wasn't yeah. he, uh, at Red Bull. They didn't even want to lose him. You know, bearing in mind they're normally dropping drivers like hot bricks constantly um well actually with danny rick it was quite a different story they were yeah. desperate to hang on to him
0: well i remember watching him in formula 3 because um, i was working with wayne boyd who's a, now a, a lawn driver at the time mm. um at the same, he did f3 the same year as Daniel ricardo um and he was astonishing then i remember watching him through Mag- maggots beckett's complex at silverstone and how he how he rolled the throttle off and on again to keep the momentum in the car yeah, and he was only a kid, really, yeah, at the yeah. time, you know. And he went yeah. off and did other things after that. But yeah, he was astonishing in F three. Yeah. But we also we talk a lot about the importance of mental strength and mental preparation. Yeah. And we've said, haven't we, that that, that we think the biggest problem with Daniel is that, that there's something going on in his head, and he's not been home because of COVID. He's not yeah, been so to Australia like
1: two years. He yeah. has been home, so um, he sort he, he of himself, went home and did other things, and back to the norm, I suppose, away from working life, um, if you can call it that, but that is the job for them. And there is a lot of pressure on their shoulders at the end of the day. And I think he came back very refreshed and it, that just made all the difference being at home with his friends and his family and then coming back. Um, he did amazing. I mean, he was fast all weekend, wasn't he? He was much closer to to Lando, um, you know, consistently as well. Um, you know, finished on the podium in the sprint race. But then you know, great overtaker that he's always been, and we got to really see that, didn't we? So we took the lead into, you know, the first corner. The first UK uh, and kind that of didn't look back really. See you later. Off um, you went. <laughs> absolutely. Um. Yeah. So and, and I know people say, oh yeah, but Hamilton and Verstappen they got together. Uh, so I'm sorry, but you know
0: he was completely there on uh, merit.
1: Uh, absolutely, in my opinion. Absolutely Um, and I also thought Lando showed some great maturity because he came on the radio and said you know can we fight or is it better for the team for me to stay here and they said you stay there Lando and he did and he said okay and I thought you know what that shows some great maturity that obviously he will be desperate for that win and you know there's nothing worse than your teammate almost... Getting the win yeah. first. You've been the on-form you know? driver all year, exactly. and then all of a sudden,
0: bang, there he is.
1: Absolutely. But I think
0: this is the, that's that's more like the real Daniel Ricciardo. And, and
1: Lando admitted all along. He said, um, "You know, he he knows Daniel's going to be a fierce competitor." And all that time when people were not questioning Daniel, because I don't think anybody really was. It was more like, "What's going on?" Because I don't think yeah, anybody been, questioned his odd. ability. No, because everybody knows how good he is. So it wasn't really that which, they, you know, let's say voucher brought us as a more questioning of ability, it wasn't really that. It was more like, what's going on? It doesn't you know, make, sense. Not it make sense. It didn't make sense to team? him, did it? Yeah, exactly. Is it not fitting with the team. Is something not gelling? That kind of thing. Um, and Lando all along said, I know at some point he's going to be there, um, you know, and make my life pretty difficult and I've got to work incredibly hard to, to maintain being in front of him. And, mm. he, you know, um, but no, I was impressed with Lando as well because they really worked as a team to get that one-two. And I didn't realize that's the first time this year with the same team you've had a one-two. Yes, yeah, the only one-two. I, on I, I just assumed the Mercs had had a one-two. Yeah, no, but um, that hasn't that, happened this year. So the first um, win for
0: McLaren for twelve years or two? No, nine, nine years. years. So yeah, twenty
1: twelve was their last win. So yeah nine years ago so um yeah i was i was really quite shocked by that actually yeah, yeah. um so of course the real gossip and <laughs> um, so the hamilton verstappen clash um so what's this the second one right? yeah um so first of all I, I mean i put this on social media and it's quite interesting reading all the comments i won't mention anybody's name but um you know whose fault was it um now there were a lot of people saying, Oh, you know, well deserved that Verstappen got a penalty, he deserved that. Um, it was intentional. And but, others Because clearly
0: the stewards decided it was more his fault than Yeah.
1: But others were very much it's a racing incident. Um a lot of racing drivers were saying very much saying racing incident, they both did what they had to do. Because um, so, for me
0: that either of them could have avoided it. That was the key point. Yeah, absolutely,
1: for me. absolutely. I felt that um Verstappen was more alongside in this situation than Lewis was at Silverstone Um, but again same as that it could have been avoided and I think we've seen this in the history of the sport you get two unbelievably strong minded brilliant drivers trying to outperform each other and they will you know pushed to that point won't they and yeah. because they can't give in because you can't be weaker than you your component
0: um, well that's the thing your is, competitor. so people like senna and Schumacher would intimidate people out of the way but of yeah. course when they met somebody like mansell who was like well i'm not moving yeah <laughs> then there's a bang isn't there Absolutely. and that's essentially what they're because max is thinking well I, I i can't back out because if i get stuck behind him then i'm not and lou's like, thinking well i can't let him through yeah so inevitably
1: Exactly, because I mean, what car, made it more dramatic
0: was that one climb, car climbed over the other. Yeah. They'd just gone bumping into the gravel.
1: Yeah, perhaps the penalty wouldn't have been as bad and no. severe, I think. I mean, credit to the halo. It's done its job yeah, yet again. Yeah. Uh, and actually, to be fair, the wheel still did hit Lewis on the head. And he said um, initially he felt OK, but as the adrenaline wore off, his neck was pretty sore. Um, so that leads on to... Should Max have checked if Lewis was okay? Now, if we go back to Silverstone, Lewis initially I think did come on the radio saying, "Is he okay?" Yeah. Um, and uh, then um, who's his engineer? Bono. Uh, Bono said, "Yep, he's moving" or something like that. Okay, and then carried on. But at the end of the race, when bearing in mind it was what fifty-eight G, impact. Um, you know, Verstappen was in hospital at the end of the race. Lewis hadn't mentioned anything at any point of you know I'm sorry about the clash I hope he's okay I know he's in the hospital blah 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 blah, with no mention of anything um so I don't know if this was some sort of uh not saying that's right or acceptable I know Jackie Stewart's been very outspoken saying Max has got some maturing to do um but I thought I certainly saw Max look over whether it was an angry look Pissed off like uh, at Lewis, or whether it's to see if he was moving, which he was, and then he carried on walking. I don't know. No. So I don't know if he no. if he did look to just you know eyeball him the search, or or whether he was seeing is he moving? Yes, okay, I'm going to carry on. I know he could have gone up and actually checked if he was okay, but anybody who's race will understand when your adrenaline is pumping that yeah. much. And you, you don't, you're not you. You're not well, the you same go back person. To,
0: if you go back to Imola with Bottas and George Russell, yeah. Yeah, that was a huge shunt. Yeah. And Russell went over to punch Bottas in the head, and basically, then, didn't he? They didn't go and see if he was all right.
1: And um, Russell admitted and made a big and apology got a statement. <laughs> yeah, and got a, uh, did a big apology statement afterwards. And Because I, I do think when the adrenaline is that high, you are you really. Because Lewis is um, trying to reverse
0: out the gravel and Max walked behind him because he would have been on fire at that point. Exactly.
1: He? And to be fair, if Lewis is trying to reverse out the gravel, Lewis must be okay. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so or to a point. Um so yeah, so I, I don't know. I think I in my opinion, everybody's gonna have different opinions and obviously please feel free to comment on this. I always love reading the comments. Um, you know, some some I agree with, some I don't. We yeah, all have our own their opinion exactly, list, and to everybody has their own. And I, take on yeah, and sometimes you think, yeah, I can see where you're coming from with that. I felt it was a racing incident. Both could have avoided it. I don't. I don't think Max went in there determined to have a shunt. I just think he thought, I can't, I can't yield, um, because I've got nowhere to go. I'm on the curb here. I can't do any more, but I can't back out because then Lewis will know he can always chop my nose off kind of thing and vice versa Lewis thinking well I can't give in and jump out the way because then Max knows every time he does a late lunch that's what's going to happen so I think we've seen this time and time again it was a racing incident both could have avoided it but they're both desperate to win this championship and we've seen this
0: happen before yeah um, and the i don't main... think we've seen the end of it i mean no. for me in f1 that that i've got I'm going to go slightly off the point i think the biggest potential for a huge shunt is this stupid slowing down in qualifying thing.
1: oh yeah absolutely well you know,
0: we'll talk about that another time but, but you know, yeah
1: martin Brundle <laughs> was quite um you know there's going to be that. a
0: massive shunt with that
1: they should do it more like indycar where you go out in two separate groups yeah, yeah, yeah. you know because if that's if that's what they need to do then they need to limit the amount of cars on track the only argument there is if the track is changing. So, especially if there's any rain or anything like that. I but suppose. then there's still
0: the fastest six from each group would go through, wouldn't they?
1: Yeah, that's true. That's true. So, yeah, yeah. But anyway, so, yeah anyway, we can talk about we'll talk that about next week. Time. So, yeah, so the last thing just on, so on just the most yeah, yeah. um, is the return of Valtteri Bottas. Yeah,
0: again, we talked about mental stuff with Daniel.
1: Yeah.
0: This is this is it in, in, in absolute stark um, sort of <laughs> evidence of it, really, where... Yes. He's, he's out of Mercedes. He signed a two year deal with Alpha. Yeah. And Valtteri Boss has his back. Dominated yeah. everything. Stuck it on pole. Yeah. Walked off with the sprint race.
1: Yeah. And <laughs> then from dead last, steamed through on the, onto the podium. And if you think last year he couldn't do he that, he just got
0: stuck in the pack. And I think, year.
1: you know, there's a lot of people that are so harsh about Valtteri, but the problem is you do not know what's really going on behind the scenes you do not know how much he's been made to feel number two and how mentally you know i don't know demoralizing that is when you you're in the top team you're living your dream and then you you're suddenly you know really a number two uh, and you just don't really know what's going on i mean we had this didn't we with um Mark Webber yeah with Sebastian Vettel all came out afterwards um and of course you do see it now with Red Bull so you just don't really know and it seems to be almost a sense of relief that he's leaving um and having a new chapter that's how it looked to me and he 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 was the old voucher that we saw before Mercedes and when he first started at yeah. Mercedes because Lewis had no
0: answer to him at all weekend.
1: Yeah, and I honestly think again, and I've I've said this time and time again, I've been one of the few that's defended Vautrey on a regular basis that it's a mental issue, um, and we don't know what's going on behind the scenes. You know, if he's frequently really called a number two, and it you know deep down doesn't matter how strong you are you're going to start to feel that way um you know but there aren't many people in the world that can outperform lewis even once and he's done it on several occasions Mm. despite sometimes having all against him and some pretty bad luck at times as well um so it's nice to see him back it's nice to see and i hope i hope obviously he has a great future coming coming up where he can lead the team and and be a leader and be number one now so um yeah yeah, so we'll we'll see what happens so we'll we'll move away from motorsport um because as always i can talk about it forever but interactive questions so this week um i put if you could take a driving trip anywhere where would it be and if you could pick anyone to go with who would it be with and why
0: right okay I've got two answers. Am I allowed two answers? No. <laughs>
1: yeah. have well, to can give one. you a reason
0: for each answer. No, you
1: have to
0: pick one.
1: Okay.
0: <laughs> I'm going to tell you what my two answers are. Mm.
1: <laughs> okay fine. One's a
0: kind of new one, okay. which would be I would love to drive up through New Zealand from one end to the other.
1: Okay.
0: Um, and I don't know what car I would do that in, to be honest. Mm-hmm. But something old or something classic. Um, yeah. And if you're not coming,
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah,
0: then they're really going to take Amelia Fox.
1: <laughs> I thought I was like, kind of thinking like a racing driver. Or well, somebody. that was my next
0: answer. Uh, would I would like to drive through Italy, yes, in an old front engine Ferrari with Charles Leclerc because I've got a man crush on him, yeah,
1: okay, fair enough. Is that all right? Fair enough. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, well, that's fine. Um, so and th- you wouldn't
0: have to pay for a drink the entire time, would you, if you were with a Ferrari driver in a Ferrari
1: yeah that's true i mean he'd get free
0: drinks he'd give to me can not he well i'm pretty predictable
1: here but i i would love to do um well i've got
0: know two what two yours
1: (laughs) hang on let me finish so i'd like to do usa west coast from seattle all the way down past vegas into texas and back um not all the way back up but back up to vegas um so i'd love to do that road trip um so start off in Seattle, work your way down the coastline and through. I think that would be amazing thing to do. I've done it before, but I've done it for work. So I'd love to do it on a personal level. Uh, Car-wise, it would have to be... Uh, I was going to say an AC Cobra, but you know what?
0: You probably need a roof if you start um, in Seattle.
1: Exactly. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to go Corvette Stingray um, is what I would have um, as a car to drive. And the person I would pick would be probably Damon Hill, um, because I think he's just a very depthy man, um, fascinated, fascinating be to listen to. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong, I'd love Fernando to come, but he's too busy right now. So <laughs> off the back of that, it would be Damon, because obviously, as a kid I had posters everywhere, all over my walls of Damon Hill. Um, and he for me I just think would be fascinating to talk to on so many levels from his own career to his views on Wait till we mental get him health on podcast. all this kind of <laughs> stuff yeah absolutely so so that would be that would be it for me that would be my answer so Boom. let us know uh what your answer would be so where you would drive what your driving trip would be where who, who would you go with and why? So let, let us know. So next week, well, I say next week, this weekend, but this we'll weekend co- cover yeah. it next week, is the Goodwood Revival. Yeah. So we had um, two lovely VIP tickets offered to us, um, but sadly I'm at Anglesey, so we can't go, which is a real shame. Um, it's probably one of the best race meetings oh, in the absolutely. world.
0: absolutely, yeah, it is. It um, is the best race meeting in the world.
1: <laughs> I would say it's one of. Um so anything, it's really, what,
0: 1966, well, pre-1966. Yeah, so the circuit crossed. closed in 1966 originally. So yeah. when you go there, it's a time warp to the yeah. revival. It, um, it is like, I mean, it's certainly if you go into the paddock, it is like it's 1966. It oh, well, Even the point where they have a branch of oh, Tesco's in there. Yeah, all the war, because it was a Spitfire base during the war. Yeah. Yeah, um, so yeah, there's a Tesco's there, you go in, and it's 1965 in the Tesco's. It's <laughs> amazing, it's so fabulous! fabulous in, the, in the
1: paddock, you have to wear period clothing, do, which yeah. I absolutely love. So, anything 1966 or before, um, you can wear. So, you see, obviously, a lot of people in war gear, all sorts of stuff. um which I think is easier for a man is, than a woman. I was like, I remember going. What well, hairstyles well, things are different, just weren't they? Hard. Yeah, it's harder for a woman to do that. But anyway, so that's all part of the fun and excitement. But there's obviously some very big racing names. What well, everybody um, wants to be there. Well, don't not just not just racing drivers, but you know all sorts of people from the world of motorsport are there you know current racing drivers former big names of the sport but also bike racers um, and tt racers yeah and, yeah and a lot are competing and they compete in these incredibly rare and expensive race cars and um, some are multi multi million pound cars and they're being raced incredibly oh, hard 10
0: so 10 point, to yeah. the point
1: where you know they are rubbing doors going off you know smashing up you know which is just for me brilliant because well, they're and not the cruise, cruise. absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. and the thing is i love to see these things actually being used but not just that with with drivers that uh, it's not just i don't mean this in any disrespectful way but it's not just somebody you can afford the car who's then poodling around in it you, you got you know works drivers of all different decades in these cars You know, and and it's just brilliant to watch. And people like Porsche, you know, they
0: send their works drivers over. They all come and do do, a bit, don't they? So you'll get, you know, um, factory Porsche drivers driving like AC Cobra Coupes and stuff sideways all the way around (laughs) Goodwood.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I remember Andre Lotterer doing it for the first time. And I worked with Andre Lotterer on a job. Um, Where was I? At Spa for Porsche Germany. And um, of course, you, you watch him in an LMP car uh, and you can't appreciate really how good some of these car controllers and then you watched him in this I think he was in a Cobra I can't remember now but anyway whatever he was in and drifting constantly through the corners flat chat and he just did so well and I just had a massive amount of respect for him because he probably had not really driven cars like that you know th- throughout his career and suddenly being thrown in something like that where the driving style is quite different mm. and the car control element is even more crucial um because really with modern cars especially MP cars you know formula cars when they break away they break away you know there isn't drifting and four-wheel drifts anything like that you know because of the aerodynamics that's involved so he was so impressive so i'd love to see this year, so we'll see what happens, and um, what we'll do is we'll cover it in, in next week's episode, won't we? we will. Um, but yeah, so I'm unfortunately going to probably miss watching most of it, so you're going to have to record it yeah. and I'll get to watch it when I'm back. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, obviously, I'll also update our people on the experience, judging experience of the new Formula Woman, um, as much as I'm allowed to say anyway, um, and then when I can, I'll let you know um, who is uh, going to be airing this because it's all been televised. Um, so i will confirm that when i'm allowed to of course next week as well we'll talk more about car news racing news driving tips All and so on bits and
0: pieces, yeah.
1: um, but do please check out you know the like richard mentioned at the start we've done some specials so of course the most recent was with richard atwood which was brilliant Um, so he won le mans for Porsche in 1970 Um, he's raced in formula one as well as had a very successful um gt career so uh yes certainly if you're into you know that kind of era of of motorsport then it's certainly fascinating to listen to also perry mccarthy of course who was the original stick he came on we had a real laugh with him didn't we as well um simon reynolds so former performance boss of mclaren f1 um so yeah i could go on and on and on but there's there's plenty already there and we've got some very exciting guests that are confirmed that are coming up um, from all sorts of backgrounds, um, from touring car through to Formula stuff, Um, some that are racing drivers, some that are engineers and so on as well. So we just want to give people a real insight um, behind the scenes of all sorts of areas of the sport. So um, we will gradually reveal all of that to you as and when um, we have the dates confirmed. So, uh, yeah, we've got all that to look forward to, have we? There we go, yes. So you can obviously watch this on our channel, um, so Veloci Driving YouTube channel, or you can obviously listen to us uh, on any of the major providers on the, on the podcast. So thanks for listening, and we will see you next week.
0: See you next week. Bye, guys. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Veloce Podcast, Fast and Fluid Conversation with Kat MP and Richard Bott. Don't forget to subscribe via your chosen podcast provider and never miss an episode of The Veloce Podcast.